Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody. Second Hour of Oilers Now, brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. Had Frank Cervalli on the show. He thought the ideal player for the Edmonton Oilers was Ivan Provorov, stylistically. Uh, that garnered a fair amount of response out of individuals. Biggest thing for me would be the cap. Uh, again, I mean, it's great that uh, organizations support things like Pride Night and Indigenous Night and those sort of things. I think where the majority of people are on board with that. That said, it is still an individual choice on certain matters for people out there. You just have to live with the consequences of those individual choices as it pertains to Provorov's uh, not being willing to have worn the Pride jerseys, which he didn't take uh, the warm-up in. My point with Provorov is I don't know if he's worth $6.75 million anymore. I don't see him play enough, but to me, he doesn't appear to be the same player he was a couple of years ago, and I'm trying to figure out how the heck you make that work. Let's ask our next guest as we head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063, the River Cree Resort Casino Excitement, Ben on it. We welcome back to the show longtime Washington Capitals uh, broadcast analyst, played over 400 games in the league as well. He was uh, one of... Uh, Washington's energy players back in the day uh, from Edmonton, Al May. Hi, Al. How are you doing? Doing great, Bob. Good to be with you. Good. What are your thoughts on Ivan Provorov? You know what? No matter what you say, you're wrong on any subject that has to deal, even in hockey, you're, no matter what you say, you're wrong. So it's not worth, it's just, you're going to go under attack for any belief that you have. And, you know, it's the same thing. You know, he, he's a minority in this in his view, and it's it's another thing he's being attacked by everyone else. But no matter what happens in these situations, there's going to be so much noise, and yeah. uh, everyone's right, everyone's wrong. So I, I think you're just you know headed into a hornet's nest anytime you take a stand on anything. And I think one of the things I I think the league probably had to expect this at some point that there was going to be pushback on something in, in some of their initiatives. And, uh, you know, by the statement they made, I felt like it was just a cut and paste, and uh, they, they'd probably been waiting on it. All right. I'm talking about the player. What do you think of Ivan? Like, Saravalli thinks that Provorov would be the perfect fit at Edmonton stylistically, could ease the workload a bit on Darnell Nurse. He has like $6.75 million, so you'd have to get creative to make the deal. 
Is he worth that as a defenseman? Because uh, to me, he's kind of stagnated the last couple of years, and the Flyers haven't been any good. But you see him more than me. So as a player, what are your thoughts on him? I don't think he's ever developed enough. They've, they've had a lot of bad teams in his time that's been there. Uh, I don't know how many different coaches that he's had. But I, I think that takes away from the development of a player. But at the same time, you put him with the, you know the right coaching staff, a different coaching staff, what, whatever, whatever you go with. I think he's on coach three or four right now, and his numbers. I think he's paid way more than he should be for what he's done throughout his career. Uh, the first couple of years, he had decent numbers. I think his second season in the league was his best. And when I see him, I see Dmitry Orlov, the exact same skating style, the posture, uh, the way he shoots the puck. I don't think he's as good as Dmitry. I don't think he's as great offensively as everyone talks about. And, you know, I know in, in Western Canada, he played in the Western League, so he's probably going to have a little more favor out that way in, in what people think of what he did when he was younger. But at the same time, you know, it, it's never really gone, you know, to, to the hype of what they think he is. What I think he is, I don't believe he's a, he's a, a first-line D-man. I think he's a second-pairing guy. Yeah. So can you pay a second-pairing guy that right now? Maybe when the cap's at $100 million, but today, I don't think so. All right, and you're bang on. His second year was his best year. 17 goals, 41 points, plus 17 that year. Uh, and he got up to playing 24 minutes a game. He's playing 23 minutes a game this year. He's got three goals and 16 points in 48 games, dash seven on the season. Um, you know, so he obviously plays a ton. He's their first pairing left shot defenseman. I'm just going to go to the advanced metrics. Uh, his whole career, he's had one year where he's been above 50% in terms of Corsi and Fenwick which is not great. Uh, he does spend the majority of his time uh, with the defensive zone starts at around, well, the last three seasons, he's been 56% or higher. It's an interesting, I mean, you know, and I guess part of it was the situation with the Oilers is Ken Holland's plan all along was to give Broberg an opportunity, and he was injured, and, and now he's healthy. And this is an audition window for Broberg. And frankly, he's played pretty well. But it's got to be stated, Dave Manson's done a great job sheltering him as well. And, and you know how that works, Al. Well, you know, the, the biggest thing is, you know, I was thinking about this today, actually talking about with one of my colleagues, is that, you know, there, there are coaches out there that you have a kid in the lineup and you play him five minutes. Well, that's not developing anyone. The kid might as well not be in the lineup. He should be in the American League or, you know, if it's an older player, if you if you can't play players, not saying that Broberg's done that, but at the same time, you have to get them on the ice and they've got to play. Being injured hurts your development, not getting enough ice time. And, and if, you're, if you're too scared to put a player on the ice, then he's not ready to play. I think the biggest thing is letting these kids mature. You know, in Canada, you know, it's a media hotbed for National Hockey League. It's the, it's the number one topic is your NHL team in all of your cities. And, you know, fairly unfairly, you know, people go under attack for where they're at. And I think when you rush young players – you know, it, it, you look around the league and all of a sudden you're thinking, why is this guy, you know, all of a sudden on another team and he's playing the way we wish he would have played here? Well, it's because, it, you know, it takes time. There has to be patience. And there's a lot of things that play into these situations. Just like with Provorov, I look at him and Philly, did he play too much on bad teams? And your advanced stats are never going to be good. Well, I shouldn't say never because there's always outliers. But when you're on a bad team, a team that doesn't win a whole lot, that doesn't score, you're going to have bad numbers. 
So you really have, when you're on a team that's struggling, you have to go by the eye test in a lot of ways. Like, is a young defenseman giving up pizzas? Is he, is he causing the odd man rush against? And I think patience with young defensemen is the most important thing. And, and if you can keep them healthy, be patient with them, you're going to end up with a really good player, especially a kid like Broberg. We're going to go, uh, Al, we're going to go from talking about a one Russian with Provorov to another Russian that nobody saw making the impact that he has and a willingness from that player to engage in battle in literally the most, you know, the toughest types of battles to have on the ice, a throwback to your day, clean costed. Right now, that might be the most impactful trade that's been made this season. And I'm serious. There haven't been a lot of trades made. But the Oilers got him for nothing. For Dmitry Samarukov, who's not played a game for St. Louis this year, Costin's got nine goals, 13 points. He's plus eight. He's had three fights. He's been involved in a couple other altercations where he's come to the defense of his teammates. He's become a cult hero already here in Edmonton. The fans love him. Are you surprised? I mean, did you have much information on him, uh, you know, during your tra- travels? And, and, I mean, it's pretty rare when you see, I'm trying to think of who are, who are the best Russian fighters of all time. I'm not sure they're quite as skilled as Clem Kostin, but it's been quite the story so far for the Oilers, hasn't it? Well, it has, and I, I had heard about him, but the, the, this doesn't happen if the Edmonton doesn't have injuries. And once again, this is a situation where injuries are opportunity. Well, a team may be, you know, you're, you're, you're missing certain players. All of a sudden, this kid gets in the lineup, and he's forced, he's forced into, you know, better minutes. He is a higher quality of player that he's playing with. And because he has a work ethic, because he was brought along a little bit slow, I think it's been to his benefit, and this is the right time to get him. And this happens so many times where you have a younger player, he moves on. I think I just mentioned that. He moves on to another team, and all of a sudden you get the fruits of the labor. That's one of the things with the salary cap and is that players have to move on. And you, you can't just lock him in your system forever. And so here this kid is, because he's got a great work ethic, he plays a tenacious style of hockey, he's ready to play. And the, the injuries benefited him so the coaching staff, management, the fans, everyone could witness that this guy's got potential and, and he's taking advantage of it. And I don't think it, 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 we don't, we're not going to see that if we didn't have the injuries in Edmonton, I don't think you're going to see what he was capable of because he would have been, you know, mired on the fourth line and, and he would have been getting, you know, here and there minutes. And then if the team is down, all of a sudden he's getting no third period ice time. And because he was forced into action, you're getting to see what he's capable of. And that's, that's a great thing for the Edmonton Oilers. He's still a young player. I, I love how tenacious he is. And he did this in the American Hockey League. Like he, he showed up, played physical. And when I did watch St. Louis, one of the things I always noticed is the kid was a big hitter. He, he played physically. And I love seeing what I'm seeing out of him with the Oilers right now. And I think he helps make them a better team. Yeah. Uh, off the top of your head, can you think of who, who was the toughest Russian that you recall? Maybe the – because, you know, a lot of those guys were strong. But, like, this guy's got a willingness. He, he's gone looking for it at times, right? Like Maroon went and slew well, – you, Hey, you, you, gotta, you, must have, you must have a real bad memory because – you had Igor Ulanov, who was 
a guy that drove me crazy when I played against him. He, 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 I don't know what he ended up being like as a fighter, but one night he picked a fight with me, and I and I almost had to pull the mercy rule on him because he was awful at it. But <laughs> that guy came to play, and he got he got involved all the time. Our and then fans you loved him. Fans loved him. Fans yep. loved Igor. Yeah, and, Hey, and I and I hated that guy, but I'll tell you what, when I was out of the game and I was watching him play, I admired him and loved him for the way he played because he put it on the line. He was a limited player who made himself a valuable part of the team. And I go back probably the you know, one of the, one of the all time toughest Russians, you gotta go back to Konstantinov, how you know, he he was a throwback player. He was a hack and whack. He was, you know, he was still a decent. He was still a good hockey player, but he was. People forget how physical he was, and he was a pain in the ass to play against. He threw he threw high hits. He threw low hits. He threw dirty hits. You name it. He was always involved in front of the net. He broke his stick on your arm back when the sticks would break, uh, in a different way. And I, I just go back to those players. Just off the top of my head, I'm, I'm thinking those are pretty tough Russian hockey players that brought it every single night. And no matter what country you're from, you want your players to bring it every single night. And those are two guys that certainly did. I remember Lindros. Uh, t- Philly was playing Tampa in the 96 playoffs. And Eric got a chance. The game was, you know, three goals right at the end of the game. Somebody was going to get it. And he got Ulanov, and he, he opened him up pretty good in the scrap. But, I mean, that's Eric Lindros. He, I mean, he was a behemoth. He could do that to you. And people forget Ulanov had two separate stints with the Oilers. And for a couple of those years, one year he was plus 15 in 2000, 2001. And then in 03, 04, he came back to Edmonton and he was plus 19. Like he, I think the fans called him the mangler, if I'm not mistaken. So they ended up, they, they loved, they loved it. I mean, the guy played parts of four seasons here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, the Washington Capitals are in uh, Colorado tonight. The Avalanche trying to find ways to win games without Kale McCarr. They did something, Al, you could appreciate. They said enough was enough a couple years ago. They thought that there were too many liberties being taken on Nate McKinnon. They knew that McCarr was going to merge into a real good player. They went out and signed Curtis McDermott. Okay? He doesn't play every game. But you notice him out there when he plays. Six foot five, two hundred and forty-five pounds. Top five, right? Is he in your top five for enforcers in the league right now? Uh, uh, since there's only five, and he's one of them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not like I when I played. That, that's for sure. And the game has evolved, and it's not like when Dave Manson played. We had to look down the list, and you'd have Manson and May. There'd be a whole bunch of other guys on the team that you had to worry about as well. So it's complete. It's a completely different game. But a guy like McDermott, I liked him in L.A. and and I think he's evolved as a player. He brings it every night. His teammates, I've heard they've loved him everywhere he's ever been from junior on up. I may be biased. I'm pretty sure I played with his dad, uh, Paul McDermott's his yep. dad, yep. I believe, and. And his dad, the Derm, probably raised his kid to be a, a tough hockey player when, when he when he had him growing up. And, and you know, you got to work hard every night because his dad worked hard every single practice, every single game. 
And I'm sure that his dad expected him to carry on the family name by, by a guy that had a work ethic and was a great teammate and, uh, you know, had to stand his ground because his dad did. And you don't always see that. But I see that on a, that kid, Josh Manson, whose dad stood his ground every single night. And I think it's a little bit in the family DNA. When the dad plays like that, the kid's going to have some uh, that yeah. vinegar in, in, in his game. And I think it's important to have that. All right. Now... Come on, we we waited 15 minutes before we got to this topic. Alan May joining us right now, uh, longtime Washington Capitals uh, broadcaster. Al, you have a personal relationship with Bruce Brudero. He's a friend of yours. What did you think of the treatment of uh, Gabby in Vancouver? Well, unfortunately, I'm friends, and fortunately, I'm friends with both guys, Rick Tockett and Bruce Boudreau, and uh, I text back and forth. I talk to both of them a lot, and I, I think it's horrible what's gone on in Vancouver. And w- when Bruce took that job, when you heard how it took place, you knew this was going to happen. And I, I loved, and I looked at his roster at the start of this year when they were losing, and, and the defensemen that they had on the ice in the games due to injury and all they had left as far as what, what they had going into this season it was just a matter of time. I, I thought it was disgusting what the general manager said, uh, Patrick Alvin, when he said, I don't care what he did last year. He definitely undermined him from that day forward. And that sent a bad message through the dressing room. Uh, then it seemed like every time Rutherford opened his mouth, even though he tried the Mia Culpa yesterday, I thought it was garbage. Uh, he was undermined the entire time. Uh, he kept, kept his head above water. Uh, he never changed how hard he worked or what he was trying to instill in the players or trying the fact that he was going out there trying to win every game, which every coach really does. But uh, for a guy who spent the last 50 years in the game of hockey from you know, junior hockey through the NHL, he's always been a coach, I think, every single year along the way from what he has done as a player. Uh, I thought it was uh, BS treatment. And with that being said, I, I was worried about his health. It's not like Bruce is a specimen, a physical specimen. He's probably the, the wrong physical specimen. He needs to be on the other side. of I was just worried that the stress and, you know, everything he was going through, I was worried that it was going to put him in the ground. And to me, my, my, my worry about what was going on there was more about the health and well-being of Bruce Boudreau. Uh, I know when Bruce is a little bit stressed out, he might go for a Reese's bar or, or like whatever their Reese's peanut butter cup versus, you know, uh, you know, a piece of salmon. But he, he it just I, I was just worried about him. And he's probably, you know, with everything going on, he's probably today, he's probably a little bit relieved because it was just too much. Uh, going on, and it, 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 I know I know it was wearing them out. So I, I, I couldn't stand what I was seeing. I thought it was so unprofessional, and that team's been a dumpster fire forever. It feels like, and uh, it, it, things haven't changed. All right, one final one for you. You know, Rick Tockett. We're told that J.T. Miller has a very strong presence uh, with the Canucks. Um, there's a heavy American influence, as you know, with that team, and some of the stem back, I'm told, to the pandemic. Does Rick Talkin have the right type of personality to uh, deal with a guy like J.T. Miller? Oh, yeah, he does. You know, the, the biggest thing is that, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, every when you're losing, there are so many rumors and things that get started and blown out of proportion. And I'll it's, tell you this. I, I'll tell you this. What I, what I did witness a year over a year ago as I'm watching the Canucks play and I saw JT Miller who I think is the heartbeat of the Vancouver Canucks I saw him come to the bench and he actually quit on a play he just turned and it looked like he had enough 
And I didn't know Bruce had already been contacted the last week or two because he was working with me. But I said, Bruce, you're, they're going to call you. You're going to be the next coach of the Vancouver Canucks, and it's got to be tomorrow or the next day or the next day or the next day because I just saw J.T. Miller throwing the towel on a shift. And I said, when that guy has had it because the way he's worked and what he's done with the Canucks, I, I thought – you know, I, and next thing you know, Bruce was announced. Was it the? I think the very next day, that Sunday, because it was a late Saturday night game. I can't remember who it was, but talk it because he's played for so long, which doesn't always translate. I think he learned more as an assistant coach in Pittsburgh uh, than he could have learned as a head coach in Pittsburgh, and how to how to relate with players. And I played with Mike Sullivan. Uh, he, he was kind of a wallflower when we played, and as a coach, he's very stern. He's very direct. And talk had to do a lot of the the lifting in the room, you know, with the players and, and to get them. And you know, he had some he had some altercations, you know, verbal altercations with players. But they realized, you know, it was it, it was something you could disagree, but you couldn't let it fester. So then, you know, two guys yes. are in a heated exchange today. The next day, it's they over. they had to they had to put it aside. So I think that's what we're you're going to see with them is that I think you'll see the ice time of J T. Miller go down. Uh, he'll be able to play more of his game, I think, and what they want out of him. And and I think everything, the frustration, and, and I'm sure people coming at him from all angles about Bruce and management and everything, well, that's all gone now. It's gone with every player because it happened. And from what they were reading online, reading in the paper, listening to reporters and their interviews and their questions, uh, there's probably a sigh of relief with the players too, even though they didn't want it to happen. And now the players are, you know, they're, they're all on call as to how they have to play, what they need to do. There'll be, you know, tweaks to the game, but I, I, it'll also be the different communication style of the three guys that are coming in or to help with the team. Awesome stuff, Al. We're getting lots of people that uh, are texting the show saying Al May is a great guest because he says it exactly the way he played. He's direct and to the point. Much appreciated. We'll touch base down the, uh, down the road. Take care, Bob. That is Washington Capitals color analyst Alan May. Cars cost less than Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin, well-known for their top-shelf service department. They don't forget about you after you purchase a vehicle. You can call Uncle Bill, Rich, Johnny, and the gang. Let the team at Brent Ridge Ford make you a repeat customer. You can call them at 780-352-6048. That's 780-352-6048. Brent Ridge Ford is your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. All right, to the orders now. Injury report brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. It's this simple. James H. Brown, they're the best. they got 250 years' worth of experience. They get you the best results. Uh, just now, uh, Jay Woodcroft saying that there's a chance that Evander Kane will not be uh, available for tomorrow's game. He's dealing with a personal matter. I do envision that he'd be able to play Saturday against Chicago. We'll wait and see on that. Um, of course, Kyrie Yamamoto out, upper body injury on LTIR. So, too, is Ryan Murray. It's 126 in Edmonton, and uh, we'll head off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn at 1.30. When we come back, Seattle Thunderbirds General Manager Bill LaForge, Jr.